This is part one of the Music Therapy Chronicles Year in Review series for 2021. You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles, a podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Coyote, and I am a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you like what you hear, join our group on Facebook and share your own insights and thoughts about the episodes. You can also connect with us on social media and online at Music Therapy Chronicles. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles. I hope you're having a wonderful day and uh, your December is going smoothly so far. I know this time of year can be super crazy for so many reasons. So I thank you for taking the time to listen to this show today, um, for being here, and I hope that it leaves you feeling inspired and calm and you know all the good things i hope that every week but i'm just reiterating it today today's episode is part one of three in our year in review series putting this series together um is always so much fun but truthfully turns out to be so time consuming because while i'm picking out the snippets for each person's um, episode because this is a compilation episode i should say where you'll hear small portions of uh, a few different interviews. So while I am picking those out, I just get so into each episode I'm listening to and spend so much time listening back to the amazing conversations that I was able to have throughout the year. So I hope you're excited for these. The um, full episodes for each person will be linked in the show notes if you Uh, missed it but feel inspired and want to listen to the whole conversation or if you just want to listen back to it so you can find that in the show notes today you're going to hear from the banana band chris wojak music therapy made simple amy love and master jason campbell so this is going to be an awesome episode i hope you enjoy it um Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss parts two and three of this year in review series. Please consider leaving us a rating and review. Follow us on social media at Music Therapy Chronicles. And one more exciting announcement. Currently, the doors to the self-care community are open. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just follow the links in the show notes or you can listen to last week's episode. But I'm so excited to open the doors again. Um so that anyone who wants to join us in the new year, you will be able to, to just really prioritize and kickstart your self-care in 2022. And I can announce that we have three guest experts lined up for next year, and they are Alyssa Stone, Lindsay Bryan Podvin, and Diva Paskowskis. So you can, again, find more information at all the links in the show notes. But for now, let's get into this year in review part one episode. But to actually show the process of how you are working through um, this personally, professionally, trying to help others in doing that, acknowledging that like we don't have all the answers, but 
this is what we're trying to do. Um, and if nothing else, it shows the kiddos who interact with your content that these are things that can and should be discussed mm-hmm. instead of just maybe looked at and then moved from. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Or like looked yeah. at through like, you know, rose colored glasses, right? Yeah. Cause like it's, mm-hmm. it's hard. That's another thing too, when you, uh, that's kind of why I wanted to change the wording of, you know, soften the truth. Cause we don't, it's, we want to soften the impact of the truth. So it's like, so it's not bite-sized, but you know, processable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so that it can be processed. Yes, exa- exactly. Developmentally yeah. appropriate. Exactly. Um, but, uh, but also you don't want to like, it, it, it's not just Martin Luther King had a dream and that, mm-hmm. and, and, and then the dream came true. And now like, you know, now we're having some trouble times. It's that we need to have some, we need to have some real thoughtful conversations. Right. And so that uh, bringing that into a professional setting was interesting and a little scary, a little scary and um ultimately incredibly important for i mean speaking selfishly just incredibly important for our growth but also just incredibly important for you know the field and what we want to do yeah So what's what is that like? Like, do you do you find you have to compartmentalize things, or is it really just nice to all be under the understanding that even though you come from different walks of life, this is one path that you all share, and you can do your work from that framework? It's a good question. Yeah, and I feel like in some ways, I I want to say upfront, I don't have all the answers. You know, it's a journey. It's uh, so we're going to just have a fun conversation and see where it goes. And then maybe it'll, maybe it'll inspire more conversations to happen with, with your audience and they can, they can contact you and we can go from there. So first things first, you know, I I don't only work with uh, Christian clients. I work with anyone. I have plenty of clients who um, have no faith or or secular or um, uh, (laughs) a scenario that's pretty common is um, get a referral from a very, uh, very devout Christian family to work with one of their uh, children, maybe an adolescent child, and the adolescent child is not interested in the tradition they were they were raised in. So, I'm uh, I'm pretty person centered. You know, my my training in grad school is very person centered. I I love telling people I'm like how many degrees? One, two, three degrees from Carl Rogers because of a professor I had who was taught by someone who was taught by Carl Rogers. So, so I go into I go into my work pretty focused on the client and their experience. But with that said, the majority of my caseload now is working with Christian clients, Christian families, in particular Catholic families. So maybe this will be point number one. It doesn't answer your question, but I really wanted to get to it. So I think I should just say it now because I'm I'm liable to forget. I think it's important for all music therapists, uh, people of faith, not people of no faith, to have the cultural competencies to know a bit about like who they're working with. And, and I know that's a big part of our training as music therapists. You know, we work with clients who come from very different backgrounds from our own. And honestly, sometimes it almost feels like a little bit of a blind spot where I have had many colleagues, both in music therapy and in, um, in mental health counseling and social workers who had a lot of cultural competence, but would, 
you know, tell their Protestant Christian or evangelical Christian families, oh, you know, uh, have a good time at Sunday mass <laughs> or um, would be working with Catholic clients and maybe bring in Protestant hymns from, you know, the 18th or 19th centuries, some of which have anti-Catholic undertones. These are cultural competencies. So it is good, I think, for any music therapist, especially in the West, where you're pretty likely to work with a Christian family at some point mm. to have a sense of just a you know basic sense of the different expressions of Christianity in, in our world. even just 10 minute conversations is a way to get to have like another team of people. Each of our consulting clients feels like a team. It's really exciting. Um, and when we have our meetings and it's like, we get to meet with that, that team again. So um, I, I personally love that feeling of, of having a team and just having collaboration. I think we, we all benefit from having multiple perspectives, no matter what, what it looks like. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of this kind of, so as we're talking about like people that we've interacted with, we say a lot of the same things to the people that we're supervising and people we're interacting with and who are coming to us just to get some extra opinions and some outside help. And I think we've all just kind of hit on it that like, first we remind them like, you can trust yourself. You are capable. You have gone through the education. You've gone through the training. You have lived as a human. Like you have so much value in you as a person and you're just pouring that out into your clients and you're not always going to be perfect. And that's how you learn. Like we make mistakes. Then we go, now I know but we have to like trust ourselves in that process. So we do take some of those risks and it can be scary, but it can be so valuable. So just reminding them, like you can trust yourself. Like we're here to help like build that trust even more, but like, remember that you can trust yourself on your own and don't be afraid to ask support, whether that's like from us, which like we obviously we love, but like, don't be afraid to ask support from like, if you're working in a classroom to ask the teacher or the aide, if you're working in a hospital to talk with the nurses, if you are working in a nursing home to interact with the activities director, or just other people and just asking questions like, Hey, I actually wasn't sure when the client did this, is that a response that you've seen before? Is that something that you've heard about or how do you handle when this happens because i i just don't know and we in the same breath we like remind people like trust yourself but remember you don't know everything and that's okay no one knows everything and we're not like even us as a team like we don't know everything and i think that's like a beautiful part of like going through life we're just like learning and getting to grow generally would see is you know the sparkly I don't want to say final product but like a really positive yeah. moment in the day that could be like the only positive moment in your day and again just like knowing rejection's going to happen it's also important to know just because things aren't always happy and sparkly doesn't mean you're doing something wrong like that's just the reality yeah it's twofold i think because yes i 100% agree with that i think that 
was a hard part for me when I first started in peds was, and luckily I had had an internship and had like at least the framework of what my supervisors had shown me, but having a lot of those difficult moments didn't invalidate who I was as a music therapist. Mm. And we're also a part of the process. And typically if those parents are unloading on you, it's because they feel supported by you and you've developed some rapport with them or they're in a very vulnerable position. And the other side of it that I want people to know in a, in a positive way, but also just a realistic way is I feel like I get a lot of students who are interested in medical music therapy because they see those shiny products and they think that's what a normal day at the hospital looks like. But I might have a day where, you know, I get vomited on and it's like running down my legs and some kid throws an egg shaker at my head and a nurse kind of snaps at me because she's stressed and she has some stuff going on on as far as the medical side or, you know, there's just all of those little tiny components to the day that you have to kind of keep a level head about and know that that's just a bit of what the hospital might look like. So if you, if you feel like you're comfortable <laughs> in those kind of ups and downs and roller coaster, that was really hard for me in the beginning. But I think too, another thing I've developed as I've grown here Oh, I was just like the quietest, like least confrontational person of all time. I didn't want anyone to be upset with me and I didn't want to upset anyone as far as like coworkers or people that I worked with. And I realized quickly <laughs> that you have to be able to advocate for yourself and to have difficult conversations with coworkers um, because that's how we learn more about each other and develop trust as a team. And actually, I didn't even want to do it. It was my business partner. Um, you know, kept saying, you know, write music for our organization. I'm like, I don't want to do it. Too much work, because I know how much work it was. I, did, I don't want to do it. And, you know, finally convinced me to, and I did one album that I couldn't stop. No, I can't. I can't stop. But I wanted to. I can't. I, I tried to stop a few times. I couldn't. <laughs> and so, but here, here was the thought process I, I, I had to go through. I had to say, okay, what am I going to do? Well, guess what? I'm never going to be the best at playing Bach on the piano. Mm. I'm, I can play Bach. I'll never be the best. I'm never going to be the best at show, playing Chopin on the piano. I can play Chopin. I can't. I'm never going to be the best jazz pianist. You know, I was... I don't play that anymore, but I was trained as a kid as a, as, as, as a jazz pianist. At one point in my life, I, I did. I don't even listen to jazz anymore, but at one point, I really did. And so what can I be the best at? Like, like what can I be the absolute best in the world? Well, there was only one thing. I could be the best in the world at playing Jason Campbell music. No one can do that better than me. Yes. <laughs> now, granted, I'm only competing with one person. So, yeah, like you automatically win. You're simultaneous. It's like having a sporting league and you're the only team. So you come in first place. And so I said, okay, all I need to do and focus on is be the best version of me 
in this, like in, in doing music. Don't try and be anybody else. And, and everyone else has a different sound and different things they do. It doesn't matter. And actually for what I did for a while, I stopped listening to anything else. I didn't mm. want to even have, I didn't want to listen to anything. I mean, that's not a long-term plan. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. Doing compilations like this is really fun for me, so I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and again, if you want to listen to any of these full conversations, you can find the links in the show notes. I want to remind you that the self-care community is open. Uh, the doors will be open until December 28th. This is an awesome gift to either receive or to give someone else. Uh, if you and a friend are like, you both know you're ready to kickstart your self-care and you are ready for the community support, then please join us together. Uh, this is an awesome space. Everyone is so kind and loving and supportive. And like I said, you can learn more at all the links in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss the, uh, the rest of our year in review series. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will see you in the next one. Mm -hmm.